in the world did we get here? Of course, we're here on the fast lane. You probably ask that every day on how we managed to get to the microphone, Trey and I. But the more pertinent question from what we're discussing is how do we get to the point where the Florida State Seminoles, undefeated from a what we'll call Power 5 conference, left out of the college football playoff? Well, for perspective, a Hall of Famer, someone who has opined on this for Richmond.com and the most recent edition of the Teal and Barber podcast, the aforementioned David Teal. Gracious enough to join us once again here in the Fast Lane. David, we hope you, Mrs. Teal, and not-so-tiny Teal, as she's probably growing up before our very eyes right now, are all gearing up for the Christmas season and in a much more festive mood than the Florida State Seminoles will probably be in having gotten snubbed from the college football playoff. Well, thank you. Same to you and yours. Yeah, I'm sure there's still some lingering bitterness and will be for some time in Tallahassee. How did we get to this point where the College Football Playoff Selection Committee, which has valued Power 5 conferences, being undefeated, being a conference champion, all the things that FSU seemingly checked off get left out of the playoff? Well, to hear Boo Corrigan, the NC State Athletic Director and Selection Committee Chair, <clears throat> the primary reason is Jordan Travis broke his leg. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And the SEC wouldn't have made the playoff, and Florida State would have. How much of this goes into the fact as well that the SEC, I mean, Laugh as you will, Greg Sankey's out there politicking. Nick Saban's done it before. He even went on the rival network, Fox, which does not have any financial investment in the SEC a year or so ago and advocated for the SEC and the strength of that conference in Alabama as well. How much of it is the fact that they're out there politicking, whereas you never really seem to sense that from the ACC in Florida State? And if the selection committee... A, sat around watching game day Saturday morning to hear Greg Sankey, or B, was influenced one iota by his bloviating, I'd be surprised. They don't just sit around at those meetings like normal fans getting riled up the same way? I think they have far better things to do. Do you think they're experts on Sesame Street? That's a great question and a great line. Um, Sankey on game day Saturday morning was arrogant even by his standards. And there are many seasons, Trey, in which that arrogance is justified. This is not one of those seasons. This is not vintage SEC Witness Alabama's 10-point loss at home to Texas. Witness Texas A&M going down in flames to a very average Miami team. Witness LSU losing on a neutral field to Florida State in the season opener by three touchdowns. Florida State beat Texas, or uh, Miami beat Texas A&M a heck of a lot worse than Alabama did. And Florida State beat LSU 
a heck of a lot worse than Alabama did. And the ACC is six and four against the SEC this season. And the SEC is seven and nine against its power five peers this year in nine conference play. Sorry. By David Teal, Twitter, Richmond.com, Teal and Barber Podcast, or how you can connect with our current guest, David Teal of Richmond.com, who's with us here in the Fast Lane. Of course, we're at Fast Lane Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. David, the FSU conundrum. Does this strengthen their desire and argument to get out of the ACC, or was that already pretty clear before this, and it's merely just squirting a little lighter fluid on an already inflamed situation? That's a great question, and one I don't know the answer to, Ed. Does FSU and the power and, and their powers that be blame this in any way on the ACC? Boo Corrigan, NC State, chairman of the committee, do they blame him? Um, I, I think we'll, we'll figure that out in the coming weeks, months. But the fact of the matter remains that there is a grant of rights through 25 or 2035-36, and FSU does not have an invitation from any other conference. And all the chirping about ESPN, I mean, that that never really goes away. Was there, in your eyes, any influence by ESPN in this matter? I mean, it'll never come out publicly, I'm sure, but was that ever really a consideration, or was it more just moving goalposts from a college football playoff selection committee, particularly in a year where, hey, if you don't like how he handled it this year, don't worry, we've got an expanded playoff coming next year. Well, I think part of it, Ed, is that the whole enterprise has become nothing more than an entertainment vehicle driven by status, most visibly the SEC's status. And perhaps we should have seen this coming all along as soon as Jordan Travis got hurt. But what the committee did was beyond nonsensical. You know, they they claim that Florida State isn't capable of winning the national championship. Therefore, we had to put Alabama in. Well, Florida State isn't capable of winning the national championship. Why in the hell? Are they ranked still ahead of Georgia at number five? A Georgia team that the CFP committee thought so much of, it was number one, and all it did was lose a three-point game on a neutral field in the SEC championship to Alabama. It had won 29 games in a row, but yet Florida State is still better than Georgia in your eyes? Well, if Florida State is still better than Georgia in your eyes, they sure as heck are capable of winning the national championship. David Teal, Richmond.com. David, how much do you think this narrative-driven kind of against FSU was more because of the, the idea, and I don't necessarily agree with this, the fear of we just don't want another semifinal blowout again, which I think you can't control? But there, those last few words, you can't control. I mean, we've we've had undefeated teams 
get boat raced in in the semifinals. You know, from from the start of this, Alabama's been boat raced in the playoff before. Does that mean the Crimson Tide didn't belong in the playoff that particular season? I mean, it, it is. You absolutely cannot control it. David, we'll pivot somewhat from the ACC angle of the college football playoff. But with that in mind, and how they didn't select Florida State, were you surprised when you saw the Liberty name flash as opposed to, ironically enough, future ACC member SMU as the team that got the College Football Playoff Selection Committee's highest group of five ranking and thus the invite to a New Year's Six Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, New Year's Day at 1 p.m. against Oregon? Well, it was an interesting contrast, Ed, in that the committee clearly didn't value Florida State's undefeated record enough and left them out over a one-loss Alabama, but yet it valued Liberty's 13-0 and more than SMU's 11-2. and Yeah, and I wasn't surprised because I thought the two-loss difference there was going to sway them uh, toward, toward Liberty. And Liberty, I mean, you and I were both there at Williams Stadium on f- Friday night. They were, especially on offense with Caden Salter, they were some kind of impressive against New Mexico State. Now, hey, kudos to SMU for going to Tulane in the AAC championship game with a backup quarterback and beating a nationally ranked team. That's more that's more impressive than anything Liberty has done this year in, you know, just one small sample size. But overall I wasn't surprised, you know, given the body of work that Liberty was chosen. That's why I think Florida State should have been chosen for its body of work. Instead, the committee looked at just it Saturday. Oh my gosh, Florida State didn't look as good against Louisville as Alabama did against Georgia. Well, guess what? The week previous against Florida in the swamp with a backup quarterback, albeit against Florida's backup quarterback, too, Florida State was a heck of a lot more impressive than Alabama was in needing a miracle to beat an Auburn team that the previous week had lost by three touchdowns to New Mexico State. David Teal, Richmond.com with us in the fast lane. David, we'll wrap it up on this. Not quite with New Mexico State, but take the state part out. Reports are out that former Virginia head football coach Bronco Mendenhall will be the next man there. Boy, that seems like an unenviable task and job, but maybe in a way one that's perfect for the, uh, shall we say, this quirky and unique personality that is Bronco Mendenhall. He'll have plenty of uh, anchorage to uh, find himself a ranch and to ride his motorcycle. He won't be able to surf like he enjoys doing, but it is, you know, Bronco Mendenhall, as he has often said, likes to try and do hard things. And New Mexico football will be just that. But this isn't his first go around in Albuquerque. He coached at New Mexico as an assistant. And one of the players he coached there was Brian Erlacher. Wow. Brian Erlacher, Hall of Famer. Much like you, David, and we appreciate your Hall of Fame insight today in the Fast Lane. 
My pleasure. Thanks for having me. David Teal, Richmond.com, here in the fast lane on W226BG Timberlake. WVGMA in Lynchburg, WMNA, Gretna, Danville, Southside. Uh, still some good feedback. If we don't get to it, well, if Trey doesn't get to it tomorrow, then we'll get to it Thursday in the fast lane. Trey will probably have more on the Bronco Minute Hall news, which will probably be final by the time tomorrow goes. What else will Trey have cooked up for you? Find out. He fills in for me. I've got some St. Nicholas Eve obligations with St. John's Episcopal Church in Lynchburg with my family and kids. Can't wait for that. So Trey gets it for a day tomorrow in the fast lane, and I'm back. Thursday, but don't worry. Just tune in tomorrow, 5 to 6 p.m. on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app for Trey and Trey. That is Ty Trey C.